This week in the podcast, we are continuing our conversation with Joel Green. We had such a good time talking with him that we uh, turned the interview into two shows. Now, for those of you who don't know, Joel Green is the CEO of Pro Level Training. It's a company he started after he retired from professional basketball. And now the company's a seven-figure company. He's also a national director for Nike Sports Camp, and he's a motivational speaker who's speaking all around. He's talked to thousands. He's even done his own TED Talk. And Joel recently released his first book. It's called Filtering, The Way to Extract Strength from the Struggle. In the book, Joel talks about the reality of his rough life growing up and how it motivated him and helped him become the man he is today. It's an incredible conversation. We had a great time. And this week, he goes into a little more detail of the things he does to kind of push himself and move ahead. I think you're going to like it. I think it's going to help you start to push yourself and grow as a man. So let's jump in. Welcome to the Confident Man Podcast, empowering men with the confidence they need to live their adventure. Now, here is your host, David Maxwell. What just helped me level up was I wrote everything out as far as what I wanted to do, who I wanted to become, mm-hmm. re-become. Yeah. And everything that I wrote, a lot of what I wrote down, I didn't know much about. Like, you know, I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. And I'm like, I don't even know how, I don't even know much about that industry, but I want to do it. And so I'm like, well, how can I do it? Okay. I can call somebody that may know how to, or I can find out somebody. And I didn't even know people that were in these different industries. So I'm like, okay, there's a ton of books out there, right? There's professionals that literally write books on every single industry and topic. So I just began reading, man. And I was not a reader. Like reading was like melatonin for me before. It was, it, yeah, it was, yeah. I would read one paragraph at night, especially if it was after nine o'clock. I, I was out, <laughs> out, out cold. But I began reading these books, man. I started reading nine books every three weeks and just taking in all this information. And I just mm-hmm. began growing. And it was, I, I, I promise you, this was, uh, things just began transforming. The, the moment I took in all this information, I started to apply it. That was the most mm-hmm. daring part. Things just changed. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that reading and, and kind of getting all that information, <laughs> plus you were you were hungry for the information. Do you think that hunger for information was how you kind of began to take away your own false narrative? For sure. I mean, that that helped me so much in regards to just the drive that I needed. Mm-hmm. That allowed me to wake up early to do it. That that allowed me to stay up late without complaining about it. Um and it helped me to dispel so much of what was always told about me, mm. you know, or told about my people, you know, as African-Americans or told yeah. about my neighborhood or where I come from. And so many of those things, I, I'll i be transparent, has affected me throughout my life, telling me I'm yeah. a product of my environment, things like mm-hmm. that, which I've had to go back to different inner cities and let them know you're not products of the environment. Your environment mm. is a product of you. Don't believe anybody tells you that because you have the ability to change what's around you. You have the yeah. ability to create. You also have the ability to de- deteriorate. Like you can break things down and mess things up. And no matter what, you are accountable for these things. You can create what, what happens around you. So as I begin to learn, I learned more about myself. Mm. And like I said earlier, you know, I begin to help. It helped me to define who I truly was. Yeah. And 
what I wanted to become. And that helped me to help other people, man. As I was taking in all this information, I had to regurgitate it in some form or fashion. And during that time, this is when I began getting on stage as a speaker. And it just helped me so much to, to develop and again, help develop others at the same time. It's been amazing. Yeah. Well, it sounds like what you did was you kind of discovered what real life is for you. You know, instead of trying to live all these, well, I'm 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 from the inner city or I'm a professional this, a professional that, you kind of you kind of discovered what is what is life for me? What is it gonna look like? Right. I mean, that's that's exactly what happened. It was a, definitely a period of discovery, enlightenment, revelation. It all yeah. occurred, no question during that time. I, I think it's um wow, Bradley Cooper, I think he played a role. When I, I forget the name of the movie, um, he took this pill. He just became really smart. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if that sounds familiar at all. Yeah. But there was a scene in the movie, um, Limitless was the name okay. of the movie. And he he took this pill and he began reading all these books. And you just see like a time lapse happening to where all of a sudden after the time lapse was over, he just knew all this stuff. That's exactly how I felt. When I think back to that time period, that's literally what happened. Um, yeah. I just, I was different on the other side of all that research, all that reading. And again, it happened because I was willing to apply the things that I learned and it really helped define who who I was. Now talk about in that, what do you think were some of the biggest mindset shifts that you had to wrestle with and struggle with? in that process? Because I'm sure that what you had to do is kind of dig deep within and go, why do I think this way? Why am I blaming? Why am I doing this? And and so I'm curious, what were some of the, I don't know, the, kind of the giant boulders you had to kind of move out of your own way that maybe you didn't even recognize before? But as you read and grew, you learned that, oh, I've got this issue I need to deal with, or I've got this I've got to take care of. What were some of those for you that were maybe some of your biggest struggles? It was a few, man. You know, I would say one for sure was having, again, I've been successful in basketball prior to this point. Basketball is a team sport. That's a, that's a team environment. This was just me. Now, obviously, I have counterparts, you know, but when it came down to this thing that I was pursuing and attacking, it was on me. Yeah. And I didn't have anybody to, to again, I've never been one to blame or anything like that, but I didn't have anybody else to lean on when it came to how I felt about my personal success. I'm big on accountability. I'm big mm-hmm. on self-critique, you know, not in a negative way, but I just wanted the best out of myself. So I yeah. will seek out critique and say, hey, what do you think about what I did? How's my service? Things like that. Mm-hmm. So I can take a look in the mirror and say, okay, actually they have a point. It may have been a negative critique on you, but don't worry about that. That's exactly what you need to help build a voice that may be within your service. So for me, it was just saying, okay, I have to really refine things that I'm working on for myself because there's no contributing hands in the mix. Yeah. And Another thing I had to really come to grips with was ways that I succeeded in the past may not apply mm. the way I, I have to succeed right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was used to physically succeeding at things right now. I had to mentally mm-hmm. and emotionally 
and spiritually began succeeding more than I ever had before because it was it wasn't just a physical beat. Okay. I'm not going to physically beat someone in business. It's not about that, you know. And so I had to just figure out new ways to succeed, use the same mentality mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. sport, but apply it in a different way. Yeah. Do you think it's kind of similar to like uh, game film? You know, watching yourself on film, you realize, oh, you know, I'm not stepping right. My feet aren't turned right when I shoot. It's That's not a personal critique. That's just reality. Right. Do you think men, if we kind of have the ability to pull back and look at our life that way, mm-hmm. it would it would kind of change how we critique ourselves or accept criticism? No question. Again, that, that last part right there, accept criticism, it would definitely change that. Man, mm-hmm. if if we did that to ourselves more often and not and again, not in negative light. Yeah. But if we just look at ourselves to refine ourselves, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. There's number one, what I've had to accept was being imperfect. Yeah. I'm so cool being imperfect now. I tried to be so perfect before. Even, you know, I unfortunately recently divorced and you know, that was something that I fought for for years. And I felt like I had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, man, like, why Why do I have to be perfect? I'm not. Yeah, No one is. And I, yeah. I, I hated feeling that way. Cause I'm like, I'm never going to be able to please my counterpart because I'm never, ever going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one thing that, that made me insecure, because I'm like, man, what else do I have to do? I'm, I'm going out doing things out the woodwork. I'm like, trying this, trying that, trying that. And it's, no matter what, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm being talked about or, you know, downplayed. I'm like, wow, I've never felt this before. And I had to, it took me years to accept, stop trying to be perfect. Mm. That was, I had to stop attempting to be perfect because I always, here's the thing too, David, like I always accepted imperfection. Like in yeah. sport, I always looked forward to new areas to grow in every off season. So I always embraced my imperfections. Mm, but when it good. came to just like other sides of life, it was like, oh, you got to be perfect. I'm like, why? And then I had to reaccept. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. Always seek, you know, growth, embrace growth. If you're, if you have room to grow, that means you're not perfect. And everyone yeah. still has room to grow. And I really believe that if we just accept our imperfections, we'll be less insecure. Mm-hmm. And we'll be more willing to assess ourselves because we're not, insecure about ourselves and that will help refine us we'll say okay you know what i actually don't know as much as i thought about this topic or that area let me read up on it let me if i'm not a reader let me find out or go to youtube university you know yeah 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 put something up and i think like you said man if we just really assess ourselves more often we don't have Mm -hmm. to negatively critique ourselves yeah but if we assess ourselves man nobody can tell you who you are because you already know Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it goes back with what, you know, the thing you help a lot of people with is that false narrative. If we, we can assess ourselves honestly, or we can assess ourselves through the lens of that false narrative, right? where right. we're, well, everybody says I should be this way. So I guess I should be that way. That's a false narrative. Right. Or we're looking to blame someone else or our circumstances. You know, I mean, the blame culture is huge out there. Uh, there's always someone who's at fault and it's never me. Right. Um, I, I think, and I, I think that, and, and we don't try to do that as men, but I think a lot of men get caught up in that. Right. You know, right. Well, this happened, but it wasn't my fault. You right. know, it was my boss's fault or, you know, someone else's fault. Uh-huh.
answer me this because we talked uh, before we went on air. Um, you have a son. Yeah. Um, so how how has this mindset shift now thinking of you as a child, but now you're the dad and you have a child. So what things are you doing to kind of help him develop that right mindset now? We talk. We talk a lot. Mm -hmm. Number one, that's 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 the main foundation behind a few, you know, tangible things that I'll mention, but we, we communicate and I, yeah. I open the communication intentionally, you know, mm -hmm. like, hey, what's going on? What do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Or, hey, how you feeling? Just I, I ask them that often enough. Just to, that's good. I don't realize it now. God, hey, how you feeling, man? Yeah. Just to see how he's doing, you know, after school, you know, how how, how was school? I want to know every single day how, how was school. He, he would literally tell I ask him every single day how was school. Yeah. And I really want to know. I keep digging yeah. too. Well, how was that? How was that? How was that? Yeah. And we've been that way forever. I'm talking That's since awesome. he can talk at two years old or, you know, a year and a half. Oh, we, we, I'm asking him questions. And what we've done in, in recent years, just before the pandemic started, and definitely since for the last year and a half, since he's been back in school, we go over a quote every morning before school. Mm -hmm. I created these quote cards. You know, I, I print them up and put them on a vintage cardstock paper to make them look cool. Yeah. And um, some quotes are mine. Some quotes are Bruce Lee's. He loved Kung Fu flicks. So, yeah, yeah. Um, we go over a quote and he has to he has to read it and tell me what he thinks it means. And okay. for me, that was a way of working on reading and comprehension. Mm -hmm. So I just mm -hmm. wanted to see how he comprehended what he just read. And this kid's a little philosopher, man. And and it helps this thinking so much, I can tell, because we'll be driving down the street and he'll see something and then he breaks that thing down. Mm. I'm like, wow, I see how he's thinking. So for me, I'm just intentional on making sure he's able to see life. Yeah. For what it is and what it could be. Yeah. And just to see different perspectives. That's really important for me. I don't want him to just be one dimensional or one sided without empathy towards another side. Yeah. So we go over different quotes, we do different readings and, you know, we, we pray often, man. So it kind of gives him a whole lot of faith, man. So that's, that's yeah. something that I do. That's awesome. Cause it's, it's, that's the one thing I think so many dads today need is that desire to be intentionally relational, um, which means we have to keep growing as men, yeah. uh, you know, because as our children grow, their relational needs grow and we need to grow with them. You know, sure. when they hit eight, nine, it's different from four and five. And when they hit, you know, 14, 15, it's going to be different from eight and nine. No question. Um, so that's that's a good, I, I love that because that's that's my heart is for men to be aggressive relationally instead of just sitting back and letting everybody come to them. I love to that, be, yeah. be relationally aggressive. Um, so I, I think that's, that's great. As a dad, um, let me commend you on that. As, as you're moving into this season, I know uh, you just had a book come out um, and you're trying to do more to speak and to help people. What's what's your motivation to really try and help people? You talked about you go back to some of the inner city. Um, what is it you want to do and kind of communicate to people through those? My, my whole objective is to help people to see that there is a tomorrow hmm. and that tomorrow can be amazing. You know, yeah. and it's and what I mean by that is just really 
instilling a vision in people, you know, because I know, again, if I'm talking to, you know, inner city or even a corporation, people may not accept that they can do what they admire. Mm -hmm. right like we admire you know i don't know any notable figure there's a ton of notable figures out there that we admire but we don't feel like we can do that yeah they can only do that because they're them like yeah they yeah. weren't always that you know they were lowly at one point mm -hmm. and i want to get people out of that mindset I, cause I, I i've been on both sides of life i know what it feels like to admire and i also know what it feels like to be admired mm -hmm. so i know that if you just dig down and there's some, you know, tangible things I provide, you know, to people from the stage and Mike, it's possible. It's possible yeah. for you. So that's my yeah. overall theme is to help provide a vision for people and help them to believe it and step into it. Yeah. Do you think, cause uh, one of the things we've been talking about lately on the podcast is, is when we find a purpose, a real purpose, and I define a purpose as having something bigger than yourself. Because to me, a selfish purpose is not a real purpose. It's just selfishness. But but it sounds like what you've done is you found a purpose bigger than you. And that kind of motivated you from the way back to pursue and go after it. Is that is that kind of what you felt? How did that work for you? Completely. I mean, I, I'll say this. I, I used to be afraid, as most, as a lot of people, uh, of public speaking. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I was not one for it. I would get up there. I'm like, uh, just... I. I kept everything short so I can sit right back down. Yeah. And it wasn't until I realized that what I was speaking wasn't for me. Mm. I, and the moment I realized it wasn't for me and I put myself in their seat, even being the one standing, yeah, I was more willing to do this because I realized they need it. Mm. They need this. Yeah. So the fact that I saw a need it removes the selfishness from like being afraid of public speaking in my eyes is selfish. Wow. Because you are up there for a reason. Mm -hmm. You're up behind that podium up on that stage for a reason, because whoever you're speaking to needs to know what you're saying. So if you're going to just say, oh, I don't want to do it because I am afraid. I understand it, but it's still selfish. Yeah, I understand. I understand that fear completely. Yeah. I felt it. But it is a portion of that fear is, is, is selfish. Mm -hmm. So I had to get over myself and just realize I'm not speaking for me. I'm speaking for everyone that I'm speaking to. And it just helped me to do it more seamlessly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Because I think that's where a lot of guys are. They 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 kind of hold back Yeah. Um, when they say focused on them. Yep. And and I think, unfortunately, we have a society that's encouraging everybody just to focus on themselves. Yeah. And and we need those men who will rise up and say, OK, I want to take responsibility for other people. Right. Um, just like you had a coach speaking to you and you talked about earlier how much that changed your life. Imagine if we had a bunch of men out there doing the right. same thing with other young men, which that's what you're doing, going back and and sharing uh, in the city and everything about that. So. That's really, really great. Um, well, Joel, thanks. Uh, thanks for being with us today. Tell us uh, the title of your book and where people can get in touch with you. Yeah, the title of my book is Filtering, The Way to Extract Strength from the Struggle. And mm -hmm. uh, you can find it on Amazon. Uh, it's, it's being well received, you know, fortunately. And a lot of people are already, you know, sending me a ton of, you know, excerpts and, you know, highlighted passages. Right. And 
sending me reviews and things of that sort, which I, I love. I love feedback, as I mentioned earlier. I love the, to even say, okay, where can I get better? But um, you can find that on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, you can also find me by way of my website, joelbgreen.com. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm heavy on Instagram at this point, too, as far as engaging with people, jgreenplt, J-A-Y greenplt. So, you know, hopefully I hear from you guys. All right. Well, that sounds good. Well, thanks for being on the Confident Man podcast today, Joel. Uh, Thanks a lot, David. I wanted to jump on here and say again, thanks for joining us for the interview with Joel. Joel did a great job and really talked about things that I think a lot of us as men deal with in the way we challenge ourselves. Some of us also, you know, overcoming issues in our life and things that we're just doing every day and how we can get better. Now make sure to check the show notes to find all of Joel's links. Everything's down there. And his new book, Filtering, The Way to Extract Strength from Struggle is a great read. I encourage you to get it. And you can find out more about Joel at his website, Joel B. Green. And again, everything you need is in the show notes. So check it out and we'll see you guys next week. You've been listening to the Confident Man Podcast. Click subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. You can connect with David on Facebook and Instagram at David the Maxwell. Find resources to help you as a man at theconfidentman.me. That's theconfidentman.me.